Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of We Can Fight Like Cats. If we have to, you have the quick and strong Alon. You have the fast and swift Natasha. And you have the short and blunt me. Um, I'm Sally. So it's been, uh, been a good old time preparing for another session of fighting in the ring. How are you guys today? Good, good. No complaints. I see everyone has snacks. I didn't bring any snacks. Um, I feel left out. We really got to start doing this in person so you ladies start providing snacks. Uh, I eat all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm four foot 11 and why I'm not 9 million pounds is beyond my comprehension. I should be, but I think it's because I farm for a life. There you go. You see moving and lifting. So what have you guys been up to? What's been going on in your lives? Any exciting battles? Mm. Battles? Not really. Battles in the... Uh, Not really. No, no battles recently. Fighting like cat sector. (laughs) No, no, no. Nothing, nothing, nothing noteworthy, I think. Nothing noteworthy. Just people being strange and weird, but that's, that's normal here in Moncton. Right. Um, It's funny, like with all the things that are going on, I find that you have some um, some people being very cognizant of how they are. They're treating minorities. Mm -hmm. Like I find some people very cognizant of how they treat me. They're being very respectful, very polite. Um, They're recognizing when I walk in a room or into a store. Hey, how are you, sir? Can I help you? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got some people who are just like really off they're off kilter because they don't know what to do now um and they're being very either like just kind of like closed off and not being very strange and weird um but uh but yeah i'm finding it a little interesting sometimes depending on where i go and what i'm doing um yeah some people get it and some people still want to hold on to or just be mad and angry i don't know what their problem is like i walk into a mcbuns to get some pastry and they want to be weird like black people don't eat pastry and that um, i've gone into two separate locations black people don't eat pastry no no i refuse to so the one on mountain road was really strange because i went in there and they were just opening and so of course it's mcbun so it was like all old white ladies in there and Mm -hmm. and so they open the doors and chicken wants to be all weird because i want to come in the store and buy some bread and some pastry and uh, anyway, that was a really weird, awkward experience. And then I went to the one on, on Shadiac Road, which is always a little, a little bit better. But anyway, the, the, I was standing in line and two people were in front of me. And anyway, she got done with those two people. I'm standing there in line. Mm-hmm. And she goes about her business if I'm not standing in line. Yep. And I'm like, okay, I'm not standing here for the fuck of it. I'm standing here because I'm ready to pay for my, <laughs> my cinnamon buns. I want a schedule here. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's, it depends on where you go, right? Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's a little off, but other than that, that's, you know, that's just life in the Maritimes, right? Okay. For listeners who are listening and wondering if you don't know how to treat people of color or black people when you see them, because you're afraid to screw up, not acknowledging their existence is a way of screwing up. So please just like treat us like normal human beings just like normal human beings okay that's all we have like hey what's up give me your money like that's how you treat us when we're buying something like that's it yeah it's just one of those like it's uh it, it's it's funny you just say that because I, I there was a video that i saw on, on instagram um that was it's a u.s video and it was a video directed to um white retailers back in this 50s on how to deal with the black consumer and they actually had this training video that was sent out to retail stores on how to deal no but it was interesting it was very very interesting though but they had a video and they literally were telling them how to deal with black customers and and black people you know and their families and they were like you know you know what when black people come into the store you know greet them nicely don't offer them cheap products 
um, oh you know, don't second guess. No, it was actually positive. It, it was kind of positive in a way. They're still doing that. It's been. But here's the thing, though. I find the video wasn't like degrading. Like it was being right. very clear. Like right. black people have been, you know, given the short end of the stick forever. They know what they want. Mm -hmm. They want quality. They're willing to pay for quality. Um, you know, don't try to talk them out of buying a quality product. Right. And if you sell them on a quality product, they're going to tell their friends and their family and you've gained long-term customers. Um, I, I didn't find it degrading in, in you know, in, in, in a lot of ways because it showed that they were, they were telling the retailers to have respect um, and to respect the black dollar. And yes, these were white retailers, but at least they were, being cognizant of the fact that you had to respect the fact that this demographic has money and is willing to spend the money. Um, but I find that, you know, retailers have kind of forgotten those, those niceties and those social graces. Um, and still, I think there was another story a couple of weeks ago, I had read about a kid who um, was in a high-end store, I believe it was in New York and he was trying to purchase um, or she was trying to purchase, purchase a high-end item, a belt or a bag, Gucci bag, Versace, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, of course, the store wanted to act the fool, um, accused her of, of trying to steal something. Um, and anyway, she had the money, was not trying to steal anything. She was like a straight-A student. Um, anyway, and of course, she's suing the fuck out of the store um, for the trouble. And this had happened, I, the first time I heard something like that happen was about five or six years ago about a young black kid who went into a Gucci store to buy a Gucci belt mm -hmm. and he had the money and the security guard accused him of trying to steal. And he wasn't trying to steal. He had the money. He had a part-time job and they sued the yep. fuck out of that store. And he got like a couple mil from that lawsuit because of just for the aggravation and, you know, the slander and, 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 you know, and all that. So um, retailers have forgotten that. That's why I mentioned that video, that video, you know, was telling them, you know, show respect. And of course, retailers want to go ahead and, you know, act how they act and, mm -hmm. and, and be who they are. But, but yeah, I find here in the Maritimes has always been a, a, a grab bag. Sometimes you have a really good experience in the store and sometimes you have a very, very um, biased racist experience in the store uh, where you just don't feel welcome. Like they don't have to say anything. It's just the energy that they give off. In the it's store. not just the high-end stores too, though. Like me and my mom, we went to GT this week, Giant Tiger. Yeah. And um, we were getting just a few things for her new apartment. And like, the first off, the arrows were so messed up. So on one side of the store, the arrows were on the right lane pointing a certain direction and they would point in the same direction, but in the opposite lane. Like, it was just confusing. So one point, lo and behold, we're walking backwards against the arrows. There aren't very many people. We're shopping, we have things in our cart. We're discussing something that we are looking at with the items in our cart. And like the woman goes out of her way to tell me and my mom, like, you two are going the right wrong way. Please make sure you're going the way of the air, like in the direction that the arrows say. I was like, oh yeah, of course. I'm so sorry. I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh man, yeah, you're right. Like I'm I'm a jerk. I'm a I look up. There's yep. like six white women. Yep all walking the wrong freaking direction exactly. on the same arrows. Like if my mom wasn't with me, I would have said something. But because my mom was with me, I was like, I'm just gonna let this go because the woman's in a good mood. She's cute as a button and I don't wanna get on her bad side. And I'm talking about my mom, not about the other woman. <laughs> so I'm just gonna make this go smoothly. So that my mother doesn't randomly slap some idiot across the head for being stupid. Um, and, you know, just walk out of the store. But I, like there were literally like six women, six white women yeah. walking the wrong direction in the store, like at the same time, like a millisecond difference. It was not enough of a difference for it to be six more women. And these two same women, one of them talking to us quite sternly looked up said hello to some of them didn't even didn't even budge with some of them. like i was like exactly and they're like directly beside them 
Yeah, no, they know exactly what they're doing. I'm sorry. There's no, oh, people don't know what they're doing. I keep hearing these dumb, stupid excuses every single Facebook group and every single, oh, people don't know they're being racist. They have no clue. They're just, just doing it. Unco- I'm sorry. No, I think the majority know exactly what they're doing. It's deliberate, like racial profiling. It's constant. It's everywhere. And it's not just high-end stores. I, I've noticed it. In fact, if you ask me, I've noticed it more in your sort of everybody's stores because it's almost like they think it's their space. It's not about whether they think you can afford to buy it. It's like, this is my space. And why are you here? That's, that's the attitude that I get. It's like, why are you here? And just like you didn't say anything because your mom was with you. Like when I have my kids with me, I don't say anything because then they get really uncomfortable because then I have to go to the manager and I have to say, okay, I have this employee or this, this weird person, you know, is acting really, really creepily. And then they have to sort of give me their usual bullshit explanation, which is maybe they didn't know what they were doing, which is, you, you know, in other words, they don't want to acknowledge it. It's and I'm awful. taller than a lawn. Oh God, no, they just, um, it's, it's everywhere. I would say it all depends on the people. It all depends on the person. Um, if, if they can, they will. And I think what you brought up alone about how there's been a change, I, I think you're right, because I've noticed that too in the last year, ever since the BLM protests, um, you know, took off last year. I think that that really knocked some people like upside the head because they did not expect massive worldwide support and condemnation and once that happened I think a lot of people thought okay well maybe this is not a financially good option for us anymore and maybe we sh- we need to start you know watching ourselves but as you said there's still people who are not going to stop and they're just confused right now and trying to get their bearings and thinking how can I be racist now and enjoy myself yeah, or I think a lot of, but I think a lot of people also are, you know, were the, the because of the protests and because of of the movements, you know, now you have a microscope on on, you know, people's behaviors that they took for granted. And I think that's I think some people are, are very uncomfortable with that. You know, they they now have to reevaluate how they interact with people, right? And what they say. It's like, and I agree with you, both of you, when you say it happens at the regular stores as well. I've been, and I was telling my wife this, I've been going, to, I do the groceries usually on, on, you know, on the, at the end of the week and I usually go early. So I start off at, at a Walmart and then I go from there because uh, Walmart opens earlier before everyone else. So I start off there, but I go to the self-checkout and every time I go to the self-checkout, I've got at least two of their so-called fucking workers like eyeing me like a hawk and standing behind me looking in my car i had to say one week like can i help you like yeah do you want a donut like why are you looking at my cart so hard oh we're just looking what and i'm sick and tired of it i'm getting to a point where i'm about to go to a manager and say listen Mm -hmm. this is some bullshit like i've been coming to this walmart since you guys opened it Mm -hmm. right like there's no reason for your fucking staff to be standing around my cart while I unload my groceries onto the self-checkout machine. Like if you're that fucking paranoid, then you shouldn't be in business, right? And quite frankly, you've got cameras all over this bitch, right? The person shoplifting is shoplifting here in front of a camera that's mounted to your self-checkout system. They're in the aisles, right? So why, why, why is it that I have to feel uncomfortable here every time I come here? I know your fucking door greeters practically by name. Like I know the majority of your staff again, because I've been going there for years and yet, and still they, they, and I don't know whether it's a corporate policy or whether it's the policy of, of the individuals they take it upon themselves. Um, but it's very, very disconcerting and very uncomfortable. Um, and so, yeah, I agree. I think you're right. And it's just one of those things where people just don't know how to act. And, you know, I, I think it's, I, I, I hope it levels itself out, but you know, again, Samaritans, people have never known how to act. But I do find that people who exactly but but I do find that because of what has been happening socially, mm-hmm. that individuals who uh, you know truly mm-hmm. feel differently have been going out of their way to show it. And and I and I will say that that has been 
a refreshing change, you know, in, in, in some, in some places where, you know, I can walk into a store and I'm actually acknowledged when I walk in, in a positive way. And, you know, I, I can go about my business and spend my money and, and not feel like I, cause, cause I, I, and I, and I, you know, and you ladies know this sometimes running errands is, is it, it wears you out emotionally. I can't, yes. I can't um, do it anymore. Like, because, I, I can't do it anymore. Right. Because of the abrasive energy that you feel every time you go somewhere yeah. and yeah. it's hard, right? You don't like, like I enjoy the process of running an errand, but I don't enjoy the energy I got to feed off of from people that are either in the store or the fucking staff that's at the store when I'm running the errand. And that makes it exhausting. Right. When I got to go into a store and I got, I, I get the vibe that they think I'm either there to cause a problem or to steal or like Natasha said, well, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Kind of vibe. And I got to be in the store. Yeah. And I got to be in the store that I usually frequent mm-hmm. and deal with this energy from people. And it just makes things, it makes an enjoyable task unenjoyable. Right. So it's, um, well, I think, yeah, I get it. In New Brunswick, right? There's a very special level to this, this kind of stuff, because I, at least in Fredericton, everybody, you know, for everyone listening, uh, there's 50 people in Fredericton, or actually 50,000, but it feels like 50. So it's, it's, uh, most of them, I would say, like, they're all white, they all grew up together. And all immigrants are like within have moved here in the last 20 years. So anybody they they just did not see anyone who didn't look just like them and wasn't related to them and and just not connected to them in so many ways. So here it takes on a very special vibe and which is like if somebody doesn't like you, and I've had people who did not like me because I had made complaints about their inappropriate behavior, uh, they actually can find friends to harass you in various stores. So I had these two stores that I would go to because they were the ones closest to my house. So there was a Sobeys and there was a pharmacy and they were my pharmacy, my Sobeys, not because I loved everybody there because same energy everywhere, but because they were just convenient ones and I had toddlers and I, if I needed to go, I'd go there. And I'm assuming like, you know, anybody who knows me would know that those would be the ones I would go to. So I had a problem with this this couple. I complained about them. And literally when, within a short time, I started having this creepy ass, I don't know, assistant manager or something watching me the whole time I'm there. And I'm thinking, what is this idiot doing? Like he would just be sort of lurking all the time. And I'm thinking, what is he doing? And then I would look around and I would see these really shady, shady looking white people were walking through the store without buying anything and honestly I saw people doing drug deals outside the store I mean and nobody's looking at them because mm-hmm. they're white you know and that's literally their only thing that they seem to have going for them is that they're not spending any money they're just hanging around and that's okay but this creepy guy is like eyeing me all the time every time I'm there and then um this is how like it's it's just um, what you call it. So I, I actually, one time I was just fed up and I just went to the, uh, what's it called customer service. And I said, I want to speak to the manager. And she says, um, well, they're not here. And I was like, okay, so you have no manager. And she's like, no, um, we can't reach them. Okay. How is that possible that you can't reach them? Um, and you're, so I said, who do I talk to? Well, we can call our assistant manager. Well, that's the person I want to complain about. Okay, so I'm not going to complain about them to them. So I, um, so you can't Are you even sure. Are you sure that's not a good idea, Natasha? You don't want to just go and be like, listen, I would like to file a formal complaint against you personally. And I believe that you should subject yourself to some training. So I believe you need to arrange, seek out and arrange the training and maybe talk to yourself so that you can educate yourself about some sensitive. Oh my God. No, no. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, and they will just, they will do anything to put you off. It's just ridiculous. And, you know, then I ended up finally taking it to the owner. I was like, what kind of place are you running here with these, these kind of people who are like harassing people who are actually shopping and, you know, not even looking at, you know, people who are actually doing stuff. And he was like, oh no, I, I'm sure you're this huge. I'm so sick of this line. They should have it imprinted on their heads. 
I'm sure you're mistaken. They would never do that. So at that point, I was thinking, you know what? I was so sick and tired of this, this white, you know, sort of like, you know, like dominant, creepy attitude. I was like, there needs to be some stores. I was like, I was thinking there has to be some stores that are not run by white people. There have to be, but guess what? There aren't. So it's, it's just, uh, I, that's when I said, you know what, this is not going to stop. Even when they're not. This is not going to stop yeah. until we stop. Shopping. Even when they're not owned by white people, they're still run by white people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hello? It's, it's hopeless yeah. and sad. Um, <laughs> no, it, it goes further. Like, I mean, I went, um, one of the last times I went out shopping, so I haven't been shopping in a really I want to say about a month or more, um, just the anxiety of being out in public and of, you know, people walking behind me just has officially become a little bit too much for me to handle. And it's really a shame because I'm the nerdiest human being on earth and I really enjoy grocery shopping. Like I could go to the grocery store for like four or five hours and just read labels because I'm just a nerd. But, um, and it's just therapeutic for me, but it's gotten to a point where, so recently I actually went grocery shopping with my friend who's um, Filipino. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that coronavirus did was it subjected Asian POC yeah. Yeah. to very open yeah. racism for the yeah. first time. Yeah, like was there was a little bit of like passive racism or like not, yeah. stereotyping, but there was no real racism and threatening racism until recently. Yeah. And so she was starting to start you know, she was starting to feel uncomfortable. Um, okay. And she was always ready and ready to defend herself and ready to like, mm -hmm. she'd tell me like, I'm ready for somebody to come up to me and just say like, hey, like you brought coronavirus. She's like, well, like girl, like that has happened to me a million times. People come up to me all the time and do all sorts of things. She's like, no, I said, yes. Yeah. Lo and behold, we get to the grocery store. Keep in mind, I don't like having people walk behind me. I do not like it. Why? Because multiple times in my childhood, I was attacked from behind. Mm -hmm. So it's just not my thing. And again, I'm pretty sure most refugees in the country don't want to be followed from behind either. Mm -hmm. And um, I've worked in LP for years. I've worked in management for years. And this young, I want to say 14-year-old, maybe 13-year-old, maybe 15-year-old girl is literally sent to stalk me oh while I'm walking through the grocery store. And my friend is like, she following us? I'm like, yeah, she's following us. Why? Mm -hmm. <laughs> my Afro? What else? Like, I really don't know why else. It's just like, I don't understand. Like, she's literally following us. And then at one point I walked past the um, entrance because there was a little discount shelf and I went to look at the discount shelf. And all I had in my cart at this point was the 50% off produce. And this child went and stood in front of the exit to ensure that I wasn't going to make a run for it with the very few 50% off produce that I had in my, in my shopping cart. At one point, like when I started to grab diapers and things like this, they just left me alone. She was on us for a good 15, 20, maybe more minutes. Um, and that grocery store was pretty busy. So there yeah. was no reason for her to pick specifically us yeah. to follow us around. And it's funny because my friend and I, we met working in LP and management. <laughs> so it was funny to kind of see a child learning, I guess, trying out what they learn. But it was just, it was ridiculous. Like, why are you following me around like this? It would be one thing if it was a few minutes and you clarify and at a distance and not so visible, but no. this was very intentional. She was significantly taller than both of us. And she was standing with her arms crossed the entire time with a frown on the, her face. The people who do it, sorry to interrupt you, but the people who do it want you to know and they want everybody around you to know. Because whoever yeah. I've seen lurking or watching has yeah. never been circumspect about it. They've always done it in your face. Like they will do everything but touch you. 
because that's a stupid moronic question I get every time when I know when I've complained to managers is did they touch you no they did not did they did they say anything to you direct no they did not they're just I'll touch them next like, time <laughs> does throwing a banana at them count as assault like I really don't know at this point what to do no, I like, think given that we all have like the same same experience I'm I think it's safe to say most people will have this experience, most racialized people. So what can we do? Like, what can we advise people? Like, what can we say? Like, what to do when this happens? Because it's... it's There's nothing we can do. Because you advise them and then they tell you, shut up. There's too much homelessness and drug addiction in our city. And that's... <laughs> that's they deflect completely. Like, why are you complaining? At least you're not homeless and a drug addict. Like, what? Yes, yes exactly exactly the, you know how many people have advised me in the last few months because i okay i'm involved in a lot of a lot of efforts right because i was just like okay i can't do anything so at least i have to sort of distract myself by trying to do something and every time we've done like a an immigrant initiative or an anti-racism initiative there will always be some white person there who advises us to 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 work on homelessness you know we're talking about human rights invites that white person <laughs> they're always there you know what they're always there there's always somebody lurking around listening who invites I'm, them where did they get the memo they just they just turn up it's just like i don't even know what they're doing there and it's just it's um oh i'm you know concerned about this and they'll start with oh we have mutual things to and then they'll bring up so many times have I seen people bring up homelessness when we're talking about human rights violations and hate crimes. They'll deflect to homelessness. And it's, I think it's like, um, I think it's like, um, it's a very sort of uh, popular tactic because I see the same thing on um, the Facebook forums and stuff. Like whenever somebody brings up a hate crime, they'll immediately go to um, why why is Trudeau taking care of them? They should be looking at our homeless people. So otherwise, I don't see people doing anything about the homeless people. But when it comes to a problem that a minority person has, that's when they bring up homeless people. I am so. Well, we're obviously the reason why there is homeless people, aren't we? We're coming into this country and stealing their jobs. Yeah. I mean, it's just ludicrous. And what bugs me is immediately, right? You know, I think we've talked about this before. There's going to be some bootlicking minority person there who immediately jumps up and says, yes, yes, we should talk about homeless people. And I'm thinking, you know, I just want to say, shut up. Just shut up. Stop taking up this space. You can go lick their boots somewhere else. This is not your space to do that. They will always have somebody who jumps in and says, absolutely, we need to talk about homeless people. You know, it's totally okay. I think that we have the responsibility to shut those people up now. We absolutely have to. No, at this point, I'm, I'm just like, I, I listened to my last one last month and I was like, the next time this happens, I'm going to tell them to shut up. This is enough. You know, this is just beyond enough. Like, we have to deal with like the fact that we are afraid for our children to go into certain spaces other kids can go into and they're telling us don't talk about this let's focus on homeless people let's focus on that on carrie on the street that we blame you for her problems anyway like I, it just it doesn't no, make the, sense no the homeless are always the the easy uh yeah because no one's going to argue about that, right? No one's going to be, no one's going to like argue about the homeless because we all know it's a problem. But you're right that, you know, the homeless are, are invisible mm -hmm. when things are supposedly going well. And then exactly. when it comes time to, you know, present an issue in a minority group, then yeah, it's like, oh, why is the government spending money on immigrants? It should be taking care of its own people at home. Yep. Um, you know, when, when like, like you ladies have just said, in a regular run of the day, no one's given a shit about mm -hmm. veterans or about the homeless, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, it is a deflecting tactic for sure. And I think, you know, you know, back to what we were saying about just everyday encounters, I, I think the my only suggestion with that is honestly, if you can bring it up to somebody, bring it up to somebody. Um, listen, the fact of the matter is this, is it going to fall on deaf ears? Probably. Um, but, I, you know, bring it up for your own sanity. Mm -hmm. If you have the time to waste, because here's the thing, like we're busy people, right? People, 
you know, I don't know what people yes. think, but listen, we're busy people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're, we're, we got families, we got businesses, we got jobs, we got places, you know, we don't have time to be waiting around for a And we're also trying not to die. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. That too. Right. So, you know what? So I understand not going <laughs> out. It's a whole your... other extra task right. that it... white people don't typically have. Right. So, you know, like the going out of your way to wait for a supervisor, for a manager or assistant manager, that's time consuming, right? Because oh, like, like Natasha said, they want to go ahead and dick you around and play the games, right? Exactly. Oh, I can't reach him. I don't know who it is. I Let me try again. Yeah. We know he's not here. Because mm-hmm. I had someone tell me that too about, mm-hmm. oh, well, there's no manager here. Like, are you fucking kidding me? There's no yeah. manager here. You guys are just running amok by yourselves there's no adult in the building um oh and they don't have their emails and they don't have their phone number and they don't know when they'll be back yeah that happened to me at a mcdonald's once and it wasn't it wasn't a racial thing it was just a bunch of a bunch of idiot teenagers running the mcdonald's and this was like at st john somewhere and we had finished a basketball tournament and and chicky made my cafe mocha wrong and i'm like you made it wrong and she's like well i know how to make a cafe mocha i said that may be the case but you fucked this one up um <laughs> And uh, so anyway, I was like, and there was like no adult in sight. Like they were running the ship, right? So yeah, so I get it. Like they're going to play the games. They're going to say what they got to say, um, you know, and, and they're going to run you in the loops. Oh, fill out this form. Here's a number you can call, um, you know, all those great things, right? So, I mean, honestly, if you don't have the time, you don't have the time, unless it's something super egregious that you feel someone, you know, assaulted you, put their hands on you, you know, they made a scene and you want to go ahead and do that. But honestly, I think it's one of those things, unfortunately, that as a, as you know, a visible minority, um, it's one of those life burdens that you kind of carry and you, you learn to shrug it off. You learn to, you know, try to, you know, keep on with your day, but at the same time, it, is it right that you have to carry that, that, that trauma and that, that you know, no, it's not, it's, it's not right at all. What if there's like a, what if we try to like put out some call uh, for anybody who's had problems with certain businesses and try to do a, what's it called? The joint lawsuit that you do? Oh, what the, uh, what is the class action? Yeah, the the clue. See, we're in Canada. So you got to remember. Yeah, we're not not in the US. It's a lot more complicated. Yeah, it's a lot more complicated here. Like we don't even have personal injury lawyers. We don't. Um, so because it's so complicated, right? So the class action thing is not really even, even an option here. I mean, listen, you know, if, if you want to have the time, like I said, if you have the time and you want to go and leave a bad review, um, you know, and speak your mind, that's fine. Um, but I mean, unfortunately, it's just one of those things. I where, say go you know, a step further. Yeah. What's that? I say go a step further. So we own a business. I deal with complaints mm-hmm. and I can confirm, like, if you ask for a manager's number or email. Mm-hmm. I instruct the staff to never give my number or email. Why? Because I have dealt with a lot of Karens, especially as a woman of color and, and Marks who have been dumb, ignorant, annoying, unreasonable, and frankly, trying to fraud our business. I've dealt with a lot of legitimate people, but the legitimate people don't aggravate me or cause stress to my life like the psychopaths do. And so the best way and the best approach is to leave your name and number and call and follow up and then come and follow up and then call and follow up and come and follow up and consistently make it clear that you are not going away in a very professional yet I'm not letting this go manner Mm -hmm. until you get a call back from a manager or sit down or something that is how i would proceed i would not let it go until i get the manager's time i do not want a supervisor i do not want a key holder i want your manager or i want your head office's number that is what i want i want the person who runs and makes the decisions and can rectify the problem that is occurring here and i think we as minorities unfortunately if we're going to pave the road for our children, yeah. we're going to have to waste our time yeah. and invest it into the stupidity that has been created as a loophole for us to communicate with the leaders of the businesses and make it clear that the way we are being treated is completely unacceptable. Yeah. It will not be tolerated. Yeah. And that this is the last time that they will treat a person of minority in this way. But I think, um, I think to follow up to what you're saying, I think that's, very good advice and i think that it needs to be done in a, a sort of like a, a movement kind of way because if you and i and alone are doing it I, that is good but it's not enough we need to get the word out that 
every single person who has to deal with it whenever they have the time, take the time and deal with it. Because the more they hear, the more feedback they get. Businesses are different from government. With yeah. the government, they're gonna they're going to ignore you no matter what. They don't care how much much they have to spend because they're not going to change that white dominant structure. But um, but if you have businesses, there is money involved. There is profit involved, and they will not want to lose a substantial share of business if they're known to be a racist store. There is going to be some kind of pushback. So I think that if we have like sort of like an organized effort to put it out there, anytime you deal with people harassing you, people following you, people lurking, complain and do not let it go and do it over. Yes, do not let it go again. And you're absolutely right because it's the persistence that makes a difference. And it's the the temperament too. Like we have to find this really cool, calm way. Like Alon, you had so much freaking class when you said, yes, you do make them great, I'm sure, but you screwed up this one. Like you were calm, you were precise, you were tactful, you were direct, you were not. And, And here's the thing is if we get angry and we show our anger, we are now crazy people of color, especially as females. We are just psycho hormonal people of color we are no longer we're no longer people with a justified concern so oh no and if you're a male then then now you mm -hmm. are an aggressive threat yeah you're hostile you're hostile you're a threat yeah and and we're crazy and you're a threat Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. you're absolutely right. I think all these things are, are great advice for people like, you know, do whatever fits your situation. But mm-hmm. yeah, like, I mean, at some point in time, you got to have your own personal line in the sand. Um, and, you know, and I mean, you know, if it's if it's really a problem, you got to say something, you have to pursue it. Um, will you get some sort of, you know, reconciliation? Maybe not. Um, you know, set your bar low. Unlikely. You know, but, you know, you know, say your piece, you know, speak your truth and, and, and stick to your points. Um, if you do get the chance to speak to any anyone in management or, or head office and complain and, and say what you have to say, um, you know, because they will try to brush it under the rug. They will try to tell you that you're you're crazy, that, you know, that's not the case. They have these rules and protocols and yeah, in place and they you know it wasn't personal and, you know, and, and all that kind of nonsense. But, you know, you as a minority know the truth and. You know, unfortunately, that that's kind of, you know, the burden of, of, of being upright sometimes, but it doesn't make it any, it doesn't make it right in any way, shape or form. And, and I, you know, you, you know, when you have a family and, and it's even harder when you have a family, right? And you see it happen to your kids. That's, that's the worst yeah. of it, right? That, that, and, and when yes. you see it not only happen in stores, but when you see it happen, um, and we've talked about this many times and still we'll probably always talk about when you see it happen, you know, when it comes to daycare, when it comes to the school system, yes. when it comes to, um, you know, uh, things that should be a, a good it's learning experience, yeah, it should be part of your learning experience in life. But, you know, it, it's horrific. It's horrific here how, you know, they treat children. It really, really is. Um, it, it's, it, it's, it's really pathetic how, how they, you know how they how they deal with children here no I, I took my daughters out of preschool because of this like i i had to take them out because this 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 awful bitch there was like four women and one woman was just like this awful bitch <laughs> i'm just going to not not pull any um but that's what she was she actually you know um like her son first of all her son was in the daycare and of course she couldn't say stuff openly so he was always telling them you can't sit with us you're not like us and and the mom would be always the one who would be watching them that day. And I would take it to the director and the director was like, you're totally mistaken. Tara would never do that. And uh, no, she did absolutely do that. And you're calling my daughter a lawyer, liar. And you know, this is just awful. And this awful woman and, and this, this bitch director, um, they're horrible people. And I was paid up for that year. And I pulled them out because I said, I did not put, pull them preschool for this kind of this kind of stuff to happen, and um, I actually had a better experience with um, once they got to public school because they actually had some some standards that they had to follow. So they could it wasn't like a free for all like it was in the 
the preschool slash daycare where they had no apparent standards to follow. So it's, it's heartbreaking when you see this stuff happen to your kids and it's just, um, it's, it becomes much more overt when, when they're no longer like little kids. Like I saw a, you know, a tangible difference in how people behaved around my kids when they were little and how they, I think they, when they were on 12, 13, they were not looking like kids, kids anymore. They were looking like teenagers. And there was a shift and they noticed a shift. And they said to me, you know what? People are responding to us differently now. And I was like, how different? They're like, they're kind of looking at us the way they look at you. <laughs> it's like, okay. So that's it's reassuring. Yeah, that's fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. And when it comes to your kids, then in that case, you, you need to go all in. So if you are listening to this and you are experiencing any sort of, you know, bias or discrimination in daycare, mm -hmm. in preschool, in grade school, whatever, then you need to go ahead and go all the way to the top, mm -hmm. you know, go to the principal first. You can't get any satisfaction there. Take it to the district. Um, and, and, you know, and be adamant and be firm in it that, I mean, I've had don't to do take that. no for an answer. Yeah. I've had to do that a couple of times. I've had to chin check, you know, vice principals and principals and, and teachers alike. Like, you know what I mean? Like I've had to be that guy that people love to hate and that's fine, but you're not going to treat my kid like shit. Right. So, um, that, you know, that's the line you got to draw when it comes to your children. You know, that's, you got to make it known that this is wrong. This is happening. Put the teacher on notice, have those meetings, um, you know, and say what record you need to say. everything. Yeah, and record say what you Record everything. Get the Parrot app on your phone and record every conversation that you have. Trust no one. Yeah, and say what Sorry, you Sorry, straight say. up. Record. Yeah. And in Canada, you just need one person to consent to the recording, and that person can be the person recording. That would be you. So, yeah. Yeah, you so have a right to record conversations because because you know beyond the retail thing and us adults going oh, yeah. out and, and, and living life and yeah. and providing for our kids, the kids have to deal with their own shit in the school, and and this includes everything. So I mean, if it's if it's teachers, you know, making off color comments and jokes, if if it's the you know them discriminating or being biased against your kid when it comes to activities and different things, um, you know, all the way to you know kids having poor interactions with other kids um you know bring it up if little johnny is 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 being racial very racist and 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 being aggressive then you need to bring that up and bring in johnny's fucking parents i don't give a fuck who they are um you know what i mean and call them out on it and i don't care what you think about little johnny this is what's happening when he's at school so something at home needs to change um and again just you know if it, if you are experiencing that with your children um you know, and having a poor experience in school or daycare, then you need to go all in. And as soon as you find out about it, you need to let them know, pick up the phone. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone and ask directly for the vice principal or the principal. Don't settle for a teacher. Don't settle for a teacher's aide. Don't settle for a secretary. Don't settle for none of that. Um, you go straight to the top. And, if they, and don't they settle that, for the principals. No, that's right. If you don't like that, then go to the district. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's something that your children should not have to tolerate. And should not have to go through, um, you know, school and, and being a child is hard enough. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the racist nonsense that, and the fact that teachers are not taught um, in, in this province where we're welcoming immigrant families constantly. They're not taught any sort of diversity training. They're not taught anything. And they're literally just kind of flying off the cuff and making shit up as they go along is just you know is really really is sad so my experience has been that it's a lot more organized than that i think that there are some teachers who are um, like when i would complain to them about um you know it was usually with me was when the kids were little it was not even the kids it was the, their parents who were like aggressive with me in the parking lot and aggressive when i would pick up the kids and i was like uh and then the kids would tell me that same kid whose parents were behaving that way were constantly trying to exclude them or making comments about how they weren't from here and my daughters were like repeatedly told to go play with other Arabic kids so there was obvious bigotry coming there and it was just uh, when I would report this to teachers I would actually get a positive reaction from their teachers who were actually quite fond of them and they would say, oh, that's terrible. And, you know, I'm sure they, they, they're just picking up what they've learned, but, you know, we'll look into it. And then they would stop, like, you know, and it would be weird. And I would say, what happened? And they would just say, um, 
you know, I'm sure everything will be okay. It's been handled. And over time, I picked up that it's not coming from the lack of interest from a lot of teachers to deal with it. They're actually discouraged on a higher level. And I'm guessing this is coming from the Department of Education. You are not supposed to validate racism. You are not supposed to acknowledge racism. You are supposed to pretend that it didn't really happen or if it did, it's a minor issue and sweep it under the rug. This is very organized. Everything, I've noticed that racism has a very organized structure in New Brunswick. It's when, when I describe it to people, because um, I have uh, family and friends um, in, in the US and England, and they say that what you're talking about, the way you're describing this, the way it's working like a well-oiled machine, it, this sounds like the 50s. This sounds like the 50s in England and you know the 60s before you know the civil rights era because it's so organized here. It's just like a you know, racist person knows if they commit this racist act, this person in this department is going to cover their ass. And it's just really, it's really, I mean, I don't want to say well done, but it's really like well executed. And it's very strategic and it's very, ugh, it's just, I feel like I'm in this, this mob. Like, I feel like there's a mob and we're like living under it because it's so organized and um, it makes you kind of hopeless. Like you're thinking, Oh, well, there's no point in complaining because you know what, this is going to have like no impact whatsoever. Whoever does that is going to get shut down. And then you sort of lose, lose heart. But like, if you are a parent, you almost don't have a choice. Like, even when I know that this is not going to go anywhere, I do it anyways. I still make the complaint because I feel like I have to, but it's just, um, I, I think we need numbers. I think we need a, a, a critical mass of people doing it. Um, it's easy to get discouraged. I think a lot of people have been discouraged and they've stopped complaining and that's that and, and, or the ones who can't take it, they leave the province. And, um, I think that you really have to sort of, we have to be, um, we have to have solidarity in this. Like we have to know that each one of us who does it makes a difference and we just have to keep pushing because this is unacceptable. It's just yeah, it'd be, it would be nice if these, uh, you know, these associations would would, would well, step up and actually be, you know, a safe haven. But you know, but they're not. So unfortunately, we don't need those associations. No, we, we don't. Ourselves. But it would be nice if the they fact were. Is, yeah, maybe. But you know what? Like, it is disgusting. Oh, sorry, I I get really really upset with this. It is despicable when an adult and a person has the ability to change something for the better and they choose not to. It is despicable. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it is disgusting when someone has the ability to protect a child and they choose not to. Yeah. And I can't forgive that. My, after the trauma that I have endured as a child, after like literally there is a biological component to allowing something like this to happen to your child and not doing anything about it. If you don't do anything about it, if your child feels like they are in a war zone by themselves, then their brain actually develops like they are in a war zone by themselves. Their frontal cortex does not develop. Their amygdala is no longer able to control the hormonal fluctuations in the brain. Yeah, that's true. And they literally, their brain no longer functions like a normal human being. They are literally now trapped with a PTSD brain for the rest of their life. This means that it's going to inhibit their ability to focus, their ability to perform, their ability to function, their ability to control their emotions, their ability to sleep, their ability to control their heart rate, their ability to control their insulin levels. All of this is affected when you do not stand up for children who are in the pathway of wrong and you just allow them to be victims of abuse and it is abuse it is complete abuse and you are contributing to their abuse because it is one thing to be the hand that slaps it is another to be the the eye that sees it and the mouth that says nothing to me it is more disgusting when you know Someone is causing harm to a child and you say nothing. 
nothing. Forget like, okay, you want to do a complaint with the grocery store? Fine. Do a complaint with the grocery store. You can even do that from your comfort of your own home on a telephone. And if you, if you don't have a detectable accident, accent, sorry, they can't even tell that you are not white. Mm. But if it comes to a child, like seriously, there is no acceptable excuse, no fear that is tolerated, no nothing. You have no leg to stand on if you do not stand up for your children and do something to create a drastic change immediately. It is not enough to try and say, oh, well, we tried. Sorry, guys. No, that's not enough. If you don't do everything inside your power to make a drastic change and ensure that children are safe, there is something biologically, psychologically wrong with you. And you are, in fact, the problem, not the system, not the children, not racism. You as an adult standing there witnessing something horrific happened to anyone, especially a child. And if you have the power to say something and you don't, you are the problem with our system. You are the problem with our, like that's preventing our movement from progressing. And I, I get really passionate about this. I get really, really upset. I get incredibly infuriated when I hear of teachers and, and, and parents and principals brushing it under the rug. My, my stepdaughter told me today, and it's so, it's so funny that we're having this conversation. My stepdaughter told me today that a child in school called her cooch head because of her Afro, implying pubic hair head. I'd like you to know that the stepping stone to the multiple times that my hair was set on fire was calling me pubic hair head. And what did the principal say to her mother when she went to tell the principal? The principal said, oh, no, 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 no. She must be mistaken. I'm sorry. No 10-year-old can make this shit up. No 10-year-old is going to cry about something made up that is like that. So dear principal, if you listen to our podcast, which I doubt you do because you're clearly not cultured enough to know anything about this, grow up and call that mother and owe her an apology and talk some sense into the other mother because this is not acceptable. This is the safety of our children. This is not okay. For me, calling me pubic hairhead was the stepping stone before the multiple times that my hair was set on fire by the pupils in my school. Do not tell me that words don't grow into violence and oh. that children forget. No, you don't forget. And you don't forget the people, the adults who stand there and stand idle and do nothing. I remember every single name along the way. Yeah. My short-term memory may be terrible, but my long-term memory is photographic thanks to PTSD. I don't think, I think with, when it comes to some immigrant parents, um, they may not know how much profound cumulative damage day-to-day uh, -day microaggressions, they call them, will have on their children. So there is the ignorance factor. But when it comes to school staff and... Um, I've had my kids in the public school system for um, 10 years now. So I've had some very unique and interesting experiences. Um, and in addition to, um, you know, uh, the one I just described, I actually noticed like there would be, there were a couple of proactive uh, teachers and admin in, in a couple of schools that they had. And these people were sort of motivated and they were like, we're gonna put an end to this stuff. This is not gonna happen in my school. I literally heard uh, this one person say, I'm not gonna allow this stuff to happen in my school. I'm not gonna let these parents make these kids into them. Uh, well, shortly after, this didn't happen once. This happened twice in two different schools, two different people were transferred shortly after they started looking into uh, acts of racism at the school. So I think people, I think there, whenever, um, you know, people will try to do something about it, they are shut down or they're transferred. And this does happen. It absolutely happens. And of course, if I say it to anyone, they'll be like, are you sure that had something to do with it? No, no, uh, they were not expecting to be transferred. 
So the public school system, unfortunately, is under government and the private school thing is, is another shit show because they don't have any rules at all. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's just really hard to know what to do because there's, you never know when it's coming at you. Like I never do really, something. I never really, <laughs> just don't do nothing. Well, you have to do something, but it's hard to find out what to do. Like um, I had pretty good experiences with my kids, teachers, but I noticed in middle school, like both my daughters became like very prolific writers because of all the, you know, uh, unique and, and interesting experiences that we had. Exactly. So they both became really good at writing and okay, I'm, I'm being a proud mom here, but you know, no, they're pretty boss. Like I've heard their work and I've seen their work. No, they are. You should be a proud mom. They were getting nothing but okay they would give you like one two three four and three is like basically average and consistently getting threes and nothing higher than three in in english and i'm thinking this is weird you know because i know that their work was like significantly higher than average and i would keep going to this english teacher and she kept saying well you know no i mean she gave me no explanation whatsoever and they just would not get anything higher than that. And I, one time my daughter put out this absolutely phenomenal project and it was like, so um, it was so, I don't know how else to describe it, except it was profound. And she got like a, a 2.5 or something on it. And I went to the, then I was like upset. So I contacted this teacher and I said, I want to speak to you about this at the next um, conference. And I showed her the project and she, so she looks at it and she's like, well, you know, it's the presentation isn't that great. And, um, you know, she needs to work harder if she wants to get better grades. And then she says to me, that's okay. I mean, English isn't everybody's subject. Okay. So that to me was, uh, I thought it was a very subtle, um, not subtle, <laughs> uh, sort of a dig, like this is not your, your subject. And um, that was not the first time I heard that from an English teacher, because after they started writing well, that's when it started kicking in. And it was interesting, but it was always English. It wasn't science or math. You know, it was almost like, those they were expect they were okay with them being good in that but there was a real resentment to them putting out quality work because apparently english is not our subject so there's a lot of really creepy shady <laughs> stuff I, I don't know I, I can't hear you oh i said didn't you check your skin like you should know you should know that it's not your subject no it's not my subject alon same thing for you i mean you are american but i mean it's not your subject <laughs> your skin says that uh, english is not your subject yeah my friend yeah. okay that's fine <laughs> i'll just burn my communications degree that we'll create uh, some sort of a Sort of a sound language that doesn't even stunned exist. with this stuff, right? You just get stunned Wave with Wave our hands. Oh my gosh. It's 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 cultural gaslighting, it's social gaslighting, and it, it just it's never ending. Never ending. Um Alon, what are your closing points? My closing point is just simply that you know, if you're if you're experiencing, you know, the awkwardness that that it is to be um, a person of color in New Brunswick, again, you know, I'm not going to say pick and choose your battles, but definitely if it's, if it has to do with your kids, um, you know, take the stand and do what you have to do. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, don't let anyone discourage you from doing that. Um, because, you know, as we've all said, your kids deserve to have a safe place and to, you know, experience their childhood um, uninterrupted. And, and, and undisturbed, right, by racism and, and bigotry and bias. Um, and, you know, if you're an adult just experiencing stuff, you know, take the, if you have the time, then go ahead and complain. If not, you know, just, just understand that, it, you know, don't take it personally. Well, that's a bad thing to say. Don't let it affect your day. Don't let it affect your life, right? It, it's, uh, take it personally because it is personal, but um, don't let it affect you. Don't let it affect your life. Don't let it, you know, ruin your day. Um, you know, just keep fighting the good fight, stay strong. There are others out there. As you can see, there are three of us here 
who, you know, have the same experiences. Um, so you're not alone in your You're not delusional. Yeah, no. you're not delusional. You're not making this you're up. Not imagining. You're not imagining. You're not misinterpreting things. anything. That's right. Exactly. And so you're if not anything, mistaken. Right. So if, if I could say anything to the adults is that, yes, you are not alone in this, like Sally just said, um, what you are feeling, what you're experiencing, what you think you see or have experienced is very real. Yes. Um, and it's not your fault. Um, yes. And so just be strong and keep fighting the good fight. And uh, that's probably uh, the best advice I can give. Amen. Natasha, what are your thoughts? I think we should put out a blacklist. <laughs> we should do a rating system for every business or every place that does this kind of crap. So there's like a warning. This, is, this place has a high level of like racism. So don't go here. There, I mean, there just has to be, at some point, there has to be some sort of consequences. Opposite, this is just ludicrous. This is 2021. Really. I think we need to put our money where our mouth is. Um, we're, we might have to spend a bit more for a few other yeah. things, but yeah. um, don't give assholes your money. Yeah. Um, they may be intellectually raping us, they may be socially raping us. They don't have to financially rape us too. Um, and when it comes to your children, like no joke for real. When it comes to any children, your children, your friend's children, the person across the street's children, you have a responsibility. You have a duty to humankind to do something about this because you are literally spitting in the future's face when you see something being done to children and you do nothing. We can't, we can't do this by ourselves. We're either all going to float together or sink in a disgusting sinkhole. And it's time that we really start taking accountability and start being fearless. It is so important to be fearless. They can threaten our jobs. They can threaten our lives. They should not threaten our kids. That is, that is a line. That is a line they will cross. not cross. When I took my children, I pulled them out of school in Moncton and we moved out here to the middle of nowhere. And I moved because I knew the population of the school was really small and I was not far. And I intended to build a relationship with the daycare. And I, I had a good relationship with their previous daycare, but my bigger concern was the school system because I've seen what they can do to our children because they did it to me firsthand. I can show you the documents where they cover up alleging I hurt myself in accidents when in fact I was attacked over and over and over again. Um, I was not going to put my children in a place where I could not supervise and ensure that they will not be running for their life every single day. And when I moved them here, I sat down in the classroom and I made it perfectly clear that I am not the mother who's going to take any form of discrimination lying down. And I encourage you, each and every one of you, to sit down with the teachers, with the directors, with the principals, hell, with the district, and make it damn clear that you are not a parent who is going to witness a child being abused and take it lying down any child, not just your own child. This is, this is what human beings should be like. Yep. It was really rewarding to fight like hats with you guys again. The direction went in a little bit of a different, you know, the conversation went in a little bit of a different direction than we intended, but it was still great. It was incredibly rewarding. It was incredibly rich. It was incredibly, you know, it was, it was full of great advice. And I think a lot of people are afraid of how to deal with these situations. Yeah. And again, like if we're gonna just summarize really quickly, you have a problem in a store, there are two ways you can deal with it. Number one, you can ask to leave your name and number to, for the manager to call you back if the manager is not present. If the manager is present, present yourself calmly, yeah. matter of fact, straight up and don't take bullshit. If the manager is not there, if you are concerned that you will be treated differently because you are visibly a minority, opt for the phone call where you call in and ask to speak for the manager. You may have a better opportunity to be taken seriously. 
And I remember the situation where we had a construction situation where the person who was holding the sign didn't turn it properly and then told my husband was an idiot because that person wasn't paying attention to the road. We did not complain on the spot. We waited until we got home and then we've made the phone call. Because if we complained on the spot, I would have been the crazy Arab woman, my husband would have been the black guy and it just would have ended there. Um, you, we need to be effective. We don't just need to be loud. We yeah. need to be effective. We need to be heard. And we need to make a change in the system and let them know that we are much smarter than they think we are and are capable of grasping how intelligent we are. And that is the way it's going to be from now on. We have control of the situation and we will not be stepped on anymore. It was great fighting with you guys in the ring. Brent, Alon, thank you. Thank you. Natasha, thank you. Thank you guys, everybody, for tuning into another episode. You guys want to reach us. You can like us on our page on Facebook. We can fight like cats if we have to. Or you can email us at WCLC. Wait. Uh, I get that wrong sometimes. WCFLCNB at gmail.com. Feel write, free to email write us. Write it down a post it note and put it on the screen. Write it on a post it note, just a sticker right in front yeah, of the screen. Thing, but um, it was great having a chat today. And we really hope to hear your feedback, your experience, share your stories. And till the next fight, have a good night.